We're sitting down here, Jackson and I. We've got a special guest today, Holton Pearson. We're going to get into who Holton is a little later because we we started a conversation that probably should have been recorded. And they, it's a question. We've got this question, and Holton had sent me a message the other day when we're trucking. And he well, knows. let me let me give let me just a little background here for a second. <laughs> okay, we're jumping right into this episode. By the way, just feet first, <laughs> head first, or butt first, <laughs> maybe. So Holton has has recently completed construction of his dream home, and. Mm-hmm. One of the key elements, or that is he tours, is he gives people the tour of the new houses, the bidet. Which, if you don't know what a bidet is, you know, that's for another episode, maybe. Yeah, or go Google it, YouTube it. Kind of like a drinking fountain. So, look for your rear end. It's a good way of putting it. So, we're talking about kind of the, I don't know if I'm going to call it the American bidet, but it's the bidets you see a lot in the United States where you, you have the the mechanical robot arm that comes out underneath you when you're sitting on the toilet, uh-huh. you know, to help clean things up. And we we're talking about how there are some bidets, and I think it's more of a European thing where I've, where I've seen where you have your toilet and you get up off the toilet to another seat that's a, a dedicated bidet. And we were talking about the mechanics of, of limiting the smear when you're moving from one toilet to another. Because <laughs> it's the most unnatural feel if you have any reason to get up after a deposit. It doesn't feel right to close the cheeks together. Yeah, so we're we're kind of discussing the mechanics of that movement. Holton said he's he's actually yeah he's he's he's, he has the movement figured out due to some truck stop bathroom issues. Yeah, there was a very unfortunate incident in Valentine, Nebraska, where I you know truckers were always tired. You just trying to do the thing, move along. Do any of you check? the toilet paper status before you sit down in a public restroom? Yeah, because Holton Holton and I have a unique relationship we'll get into as, yeah, the, as yeah. it progresses. I will say I, I'd never check the toilet paper status because I'm no? usually in some... The last thing you I'm usually of. in some state of shock or horror at which toilet is the cleanest. Which <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go through right. a couple You're doors and then and choose the best of the evils. The best of the absolute <laughs> the worst. <laughs> And you got to kind of hustle. So you're not, you're not, I admit, I, would, I wouldn't be checking for the toilet paper stuff. Well, I, I definitely didn't check either, you know, just sat down and took care of business and then realized to my horror that there is nothing to complete the business with, you know, no receipt, no, no, okay. no toilet paper. And at this point, Holton sends me a video message from the seat and says, uh-oh, Jackson, we got a problem, we got a problem. He goes, I made a huge mistake. And I was like... Thinking, did you go into the women's bathroom and now you're trapped in there because there's women around you using the bathroom or what? And he goes, there's no toilet paper. I didn't even think to look when I sat down. And he's really beating himself up. He's like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I already let it go. You, know, you can't stop once you start. And I, I said, hey, man, hey, go easy. I do not think that that is on you to check. In fact, you use the words, it's not your obligation. It is not your obligation to check for toilet paper. I so mean, we, I, and so we've gotten into a, before we start recording, a little discussion of who's actually, what, what do you do then? Whose obligation is it? And when Luke mentioned that behind your toilet, there's a little black <laughs> sensor with a red light. And if you push that, it's actually a call button that will call up to an <laughs> attendant to <laughs> the attendant. So the, the person with the proper obligation can meet their obligations. Yeah. So then Holton goes a step further and he goes, 
yeah, why not just get your phone out? Because you, you can't use the restroom without your phone. So well, you have and this is hand. what I didn't tell you is that's why on most of those truck stop stalls, they have a couple numbers inscribed yeah, on, the, on numbers. the walls. Yeah. You just call those numbers and that's yeah. how you do get calls. Call yeah. if you've run out. <laughs> those, that's what those phone numbers oh. are for that are kind of scratched into yeah. the stall walls. Yeah. I just don't know why Jackson's number is in that stall. <laughs> Hopefully that's, that's a, what you called and that's why the video yeah, thing that, is. That's why I was talking to Jackson. But I think the correct thing to do in that situation is just quickly look up the phone number of wherever you are and call the attendant at the desk and be like, hey, stall number one, could little you, service. Could you imagine you're working the, the fuel desk and you get a call and a guy's like, hey, I'm here in the bathroom in the first stall. I'm out of toilet paper. Could you come? Could well, you send someone? I mean, how many of the truck stop bathrooms do have the phone number says there if there's anything that needs attention? <laughs> call, call. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what that number is really for. I need some attention immediately. Please come. Or they have the little smiley face rating things where you can like rate the cleanliness. You're like very unhappy. <laughs> very messy. No toilet paper. No. I, I just ended up waiting for the boots and the stall next to me to leave and then kind of rolled the dice that no one was in there and did the floating crab walk. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Hot seated to the did next you, all over. Did you just crack that door open and kind of peek out first to make sure that the coast is clear? My main question is, did you saddle the pants and cinch the pants back up? Or did you do no, the pants no, and the waddle? No, no. I, I think the best description is the crab walk. You know, it's literally just kind of a shuffle with a holding. And you know, here we go. All right. Well, we hit the bottom. Yeah. At the top of Let's the podcast. So, now so what? What were you going to title this? Oh. oh. <laughs> Trucking with Holton. Oh. Well, if this story, if you have any experience listening to our podcast, that story may hold a, a somewhat of a familiar ring or sound to it, uh, because I'm sitting across. From the two sons of Rooster and Billy Jack. <laughs> Second gen, baby. So Holton Pearson, you know, we've had Billy Jack on the episode, talked a lot, you know, in that episode with him. And this is, Holton is actually Billy's, Billy's son. The oldest, yeah. the oldest child. Yep. Just one less jackknife to my name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Holton, yeah. yeah so we're, we're going to get into this odd Holton and Jackson's relationship. They, they truck together decent amount especially this time of year so i think they're gonna probably take the reins on this kind of kind of roll in roll on huh yeah uh, before before i let you two kind of start going down your paths <laughs> <laughs> last time we were together you know we kind of rambled a bit but one of the things that that you talked about was the ten dollar per mile load of hay yeah so if anyone didn't hear if anyone didn't listen to the last episode Jackson, I'll just recap this really quick. Jackson had a guy get a hold of him to haul a load of hay. Jackson gave him, I think, eight fifty a mile. Said, "Look around. I know that's a little pricey. You know, if you find elsewhere, you know, jump on it." So he did look around, and someone told him ten. A couple of days later, the guy called him back. And said, "Actually, ah, I'll do it for eight. And the guy in the the farmer who needed the hay hauled was very unhappy that this guy would come back and cheapen the charge two dollars go from eight to ten overnight essentially so i've been thinking about that since our last one mm -hmm. and i i i think i think that truck driver was absolutely okay to you think it was all right ask for 10 a mile hmm. because 
because I think if you have if you have a business, you owe it to yourself and your business to get the most you can for your services. Mm. But on the flip side, the farmer also owes it to himself and his business to get it for the cheapest he can. So he shouldn't have got upset. He should have responded with a, yeah, yeah, ten's too much. How about five? <laughs> instead of instead of getting upset and so just calling said, it off, calling it off, he should have took it a step further. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I mean, it, I, I I see there's that line of okay, someone just ripping someone off, but the person has that may potentially be getting ripped off has the opportunity to say, yeah, that's a little much. How about this? So, so Holton, the guy was offended. The guy needing the hay hauled was offended. His point was, how do you go from $10 to $8? Why didn't he just give me $8 to start with? I think he was trying to rip me off, take advantage of me for $10, and I ain't going to stand for it. So now, even though he offered a cheaper rate than I did, the guy doesn't want the cheaper rate. He's like, I want you to haul it for $8.50. Huh. And so I can kind of see the I can kind of see the anger of the guy feeling like he got ripped. Like, how do you go, how do you drop $2 a mile in two days? Yeah, I, that that's a weird one. So would you prefer that when you ask for a service, they start high and it's all a negotiation? Or would you just like, just give me your your deal? This is what we charge, just give it to me. Well, especially in trucking and mm. agriculture, it always seems like it is a negotiation. That no one's setting these rates and making it standardized. So I think you compete for what you're trying to get done. One thing that I've always found interesting, <coughs> I guess a negotiation move that I've used, is sometimes I'll tell them, hey, I, I can move that for $8, but it would really help me if you could pay me 9 and you just throw it out there, and it's always surprising how often they're like, "Well, I'll give you nine. <laughs> like you, can, oh, I, I literally just told you I'll do it for your price, but it would help me if you could come up a little. And sometimes they come right to what I wanted. Sometimes they meet me in the middle. Never hurts huh. to ask. Have you ever tried that? No, I think if Holton said that to me, I say, "Oh, I I understand. That makes sense. Like it would really help me if you did it for seven. <laughs> And then we end up at eight. <laughs> and I was fine with that <laughs> all first place, but worth the shot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you what. I um, A lot of my life right now exists in this world of arbitrary pricing, which is all this vintage clothing that my wife <laughs> does. Uh-huh. And so Holt and I, I, we were talking about this last time when, when Ozzy, my son, and I travel, we'll often stop in at every pawn shop, antique store, junk store, whatever, that potentially might have vintage clothing and look around and, Ozzy has developed his own tastes and things he looks for in these stores. I mean, he like knives, turquoise jewelry. And Ozzy right now is eight, seven, seven. Okay. Um, and, you know, he, you know, he really likes, he really is stoked if he finds like scorpions and epoxy and you know, like a paperweight with a scorpion. In it. Yeah. Just, yeah. he's, he's kind of got these things that he really looks for and all this stuff. There's, there's not like a, there's not like a, a market where you go look in a book and okay, today a, a scorpion and epoxy selling for this much. It's just <laughs> arbitrary pricing. Mm-hmm. So everything is up for negotiation. And so when he finds stuff he wants, I make him negotiate with the sellers. And we, it's really funny because we just sound like this Pawn Star kick. Have you ever seen that show, Pawn Stars? Oh, yeah. 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 You know, it's all, they just negotiate like back and forth. And so some of the stuff they say on there, I, I I notice Ozzy says when he's negotiating with people. <laughs> but, Has he been watching Pawn Stars in his off time? Well, when I sit down and watch it, he'll sit and watch it too. Yeah. But but one thing that I'm, one thing that he said, like sometimes you know whatever the item is, and they want ten bucks, and 
And they go, yeah, that's not going to work for me. How about, how about seven, you know, or whatever. And so that's like a line that uses, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> Can you imagine being an adult running a shop and a seven-year-old just tells you, yeah, that's not going to work for me. <laughs> now here's the, here's the funniest thing. So that's what, that's what I make him do. Whenever he wants to buy some at these stores, all right, you can do it, but not for what they're asking. You got to figure it out, you know, or, I'll, or else he'll, I'll give him a certain amount of money and he has to go figure out how to get it purchased with that amount. And we have here in Fairfield, you know, Faster Bassett. Yeah. You know, yeah. Faster Bassett's a little coffee shop. They make pizzas. They do nails in there. Backstore's a liquor store. <laughs> but Bit of everything. A bit of everything. But they've got this, this little display case that's got rocks in it. Oh, that's another thing Ozzy's really into is like gems and rocks. And they've got these little glass bottles, little glass vials that are little tiny pieces of rocks. And it's like, you know, all amethyst, all tiger's eye, you know, whatever. And I think they're like $2 a bottle. And he's just obsessed with whenever we can go in there, he's just looking at him, deciding how, which one he wants. And I think he's the only one that's bottom. <laughs> anyway, the first time he discovered him, he would just like look and want him. I said, well, you better go back and count your, you know, get your change put together and come back up. And so a couple of days later, him and my wife were walking by there and he knew they were going to, so he had all his change and he's like, oh mom, I want to go in here and get these. And she, she didn't really know anything. We hadn't talked about it. And she's like, how much? She goes, I don't know if you have that much with you. He goes, I'll just tell him it doesn't work for me. <laughs> she goes, I'll just tell him it doesn't work for me if I don't have enough money. <laughs> oh, my wife's not really in the negotiating. No, that she didn't really like that answer much. She's, she's just horrified that he was going to go into our local local retail store and say, yeah, that's what <laughs> the price is not going to work for me. $2, that ain't going to work. Yeah. No way. Uh, yeah. yeah, That's good stuff. That's raising them right. <clears throat> yeah. You don't have to accept that sticker price. With anything. No. Speaking of which, what's your current price for their pizza? Because I'd like to match that. <laughs> It seems a little high per slice, you know. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. get that down. Uh, well, you might go in there and ask them, I don't know if that's going to yeah, work for me. What, what, what kind of discount do you have available for this? And then, of course, if I was the faster Bassett employee, I'd just cut it in half and be like, how about now? <laughs> half a slice. Try half a slice for the price. <laughs> oh, man, we just ran out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I never had anyone negotiate a price when I worked at McDonald's for a little bit. When I you know, was, I, so what if what if you were working at McDonald's and I came in there and I said, hey, what what kind of discount can you give me on this today? Did you have any authority to give any kind of discounts in there? I'm not sure how the authority system works in the McDonald's. I know I only had a beginner level badge or whatever you'd want to call that, but oh. I found I could pretty well give people whatever I wanted and I didn't get written up. So, yeah. Huh. Do you think it's probably one of those, you know, where like they just budget for so much theft at certain retail stores every year? It's and, like and waste and waste, yeah. whatever. Mm. Maybe they do that at McDonald's, they don't even go over it with the employees. They just, whatever they do, how bad can it be? Did I ever tell you about my friend who would write himself coupons for McDonald's? <laughs> you did talk about no this. Way. Way. <laughs> I printed off his I, I might have said this on the podcast, tell, but it's been a long time. So maybe some people. So I lived in Nashville for a while and I had a friend there who he, I don't think he was dishonest. He just liked to see what people would do. And like, for instance, he'd, he'd fuel up his car and he'd, he'd walk up after fueling up, he'd walk up and he'd be like, Hey, I'm just going to grab my free pop and corn dog for the, for the fuel up that you guys do. And they're like, okay. <laughs> he just makes up deals. Yeah. Yeah. And like everyone's usually like, oh, okay. 
Yeah. Like just don't even, don't ever challenge it. But the, the one that never ceased to amaze me was he would go through a fast food, like a McDonald's and he'd order just a random collection of something, you know, two cheeseburgers, one egg muffin and a medium fry and a small fry and, you know, two apple pies, just this hodgepodge randomness. And between ordering it to the window, he would write, he'd rip out a piece of paper and write down exactly what it was over. One of this, two of this, three of this, and just put some signature. And he'd come up and he'd be like, yeah, you know, this last weekend I was at a party and the manager for this place gave me this coupon, you know, for, for this. And so I thought I'd come cash it in. Like, Corey, <laughs> you should get a coupon for one Big Mac or one cheeseburger <laughs> or like one small fry with your Big Mac. <laughs> but it's just this hodgepodge right now. And almost always it worked. Almost always. It, it wow. never ceased to amaze me. Wow. I, I like the videos where they show up with the safety vest and a ladder, two guys with a ladder and a safety vest, and they can just attend any event they want. If it's a concert, you just show up and start walking in with the ladder wearing your safety just vest and they like just you let you in. <sighs> and then you're in. I guess yeah. it's kind of a similar see yeah. what people will do. Yeah, yeah, just just yeah. walk in there. You're you're not being deceitful per se. You're just <laughs> yeah. uh, no, 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 not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so anyway, yeah, I don't think it's uh that that's kind of how I like to buffalo the DOT every time I have to talk to them, you know, about once or twice a year is they come up to my door and before they can talk to me at all, I'm always immediately, good morning. Do you guys sell any permits? Huh? You just open, you open the door. We're going to buy a couple permits. That's all we're doing today. Sell me these permits. We're moving along. (laughs) How often does it work? It's been pretty good. I've not had too many tickets. The only time I got caught really bad is when I was blatantly overweight on my trailer they couldn't let that one go but see the alternative the the flip side of that would be they open the door and they say license and registration and you give them all your stuff knowing that you don't have everything you need and you just let them fish for it so and then they come back and say you don't have a fuel permit and you're like well no duh you don't have a trip permit well no duh (laughs) but Holton instead goes with the just like hey I need to buy some permits right off the bat, kind of rather than making them find it and get upset about it. He tries to kind of stroke them right off. It's better when you lead the dance because if they're the ones fishing, they're going to find something. I I learned this lesson in high school because uh, my mom did a really good job of teaching me to clean a bathroom. But no matter how good I did, I could never pass the white glove inspection at the end of cleaning that dang bathroom. Is this why you still feel bad about not checking for toilet paper? Yep, yep. It, I, I should have <laughs> checked that. that. But what I've learned with her <laughs> is when I clean the bathroom, I do the perfect job I can on everything except the sink. I leave it dirty on purpose. On purpose. So when the white glove comes in, it's like, the sink looks horrible. I'm like, oh, no. Easy. Perhaps I'll clean it and then we're done. Versus, you know, who knows what the white glove's going to find if everything's clean because it's almost going to be found. So that's what you do with the DOT. Just immediately, I have sinned. Please help me repent. It can be a bit of a, a bit of a lottery system sometimes. It just depends who you get, what, when you get, what you get. I'll show you this one story that I had where I actually got a coupon basically for, for free. A full, this was from a dealership, from a Volvo dealership. Just walked out for free. <laughs> I'll be quick. So I had, um, <laughs> and I felt a little bad about it, but not nearly bad enough to even dream of saying anything about it. So uh, I had, a Volvo was one of my first trucks that I had. And 
it had all these little things. And at the time, I didn't really know any mechanics. So I was like, as a lot of young truckers do, you feel like you're kind of, well, I'll take it to the dealership, right? Because it's the dealership. So I take this truck to the dealership and it's, it was more or less just some diagnostic work because some computer things they needed to change in the, in the system. And I come away with, it was was like $800, $900 bill. But back when you're first starting trucking, like that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. You know, that's a week's worth of profit. It felt like. So I'm like, oh, well, I, I mean, I have the money. It's fine. So I'm sitting there in line in the service little room. They just have a spot, like a little desk for the service advisor to work up your bill and give you your stuff. And I'm sitting there. I'm the second person in line. And the first guy in line is not being a nice customer. He's throwing his hands up in the air and he's pounding the table and he's swearing. And and the service advisor is a 21, 22 year old girl. And, you know, he's just, just being awful. Like, and you can tell she's getting pretty, you know, flustered and emotional and and I'm like, and I don't even know. I just, I just walked into this, you know, and I'm sitting there and when it's 10, 15 minutes of him, this and that, and, blah, blah, and he, in the end, he storms out, call me when it's done, whatever. I'll be back at my hotel, he says. So I gathered like, man, this must be some ongoing thing. He's stuck here on the road and they're trying to get him fixed up and whatever it is, he's not having it. So I naturally, I'm a nice guy. You're the same way on the road. Pretty friendly to everybody, right? Yeah, try to help out. Yeah. So I'm, oh man, boy, you all right? You know, because at this point she's almost in tears. I was like, "You okay?" That was that wasn't very nice. I mean, I don't know what the story is, but she's like, "I'm yeah, I'm sad and I'm mad and, uh, and this is just this huge mess." And I was like, "Okay, well, I, I've got my checkbook and I pull out my little checkbook and I was like, I'm ready to pay for my thing." And she pulls my invoice up and she's like, "You know what? Here, here it is. Have a nice day." And I was like. Oh, I was really confused. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? Here it is. She's like, your job is free today. It's free. Just, it's on us. And I was like, really? She's like, well, it's not on us. I'm putting your bill on his invoice and he's going to pay it. <laughs> and I was like, no way. She was so mad at this guy. She tacked my eight something on his bill, just wrote it up as diagnostics. And she's like, this guy's been horrible. He's a driver for some company back East and he's just been awful. And this is how I'm going to get back at him. So your lucky day. And I was like, okay, <laughs> well, you're going to ask me twice. Oh, so yeah, when you're, when the, when you're literally about a minute and a half from quitting, you have one customer left to see that you're quitting this place for the rest of your life. You could do stuff like that. Like, Whatever. I'm out of here. Oh, quit. Man. oh man, that's a, huh? Oh goodness. That's well, a, that was a good little warm up. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you another uh, cashier type situation. So yeah. in dental school, I had a classmate who I was pretty good buddies with. Um, I think I'm going to hold his ethnicity to myself because okay. I don't want this to come off as if I'm racially profiling anything. <laughs> but okay. he, he was of an ethnicity that certain parts of the country, they commonly, you'll see commonly uh, all, all your convenience stores, your gas stations, they've done well in owning these and running these, this, you know, group of people. And he, he would, he was, I've never heard someone be more racist about a group of people than he was to his own, <laughs> to his own, his own ethnicity, <laughs> which you can do because it's yeah, your people. Right. But He's like, you got to watch out for him because you got to watch out for him. He goes, this is, I worked at my, in my cousin's place and this is what he would do. And it was actually, it was really a brilliant thing. Totally wrong, but brilliant. So you come up there, 
to, you know, imagine you're on the truck, you know, you come up there with your, your donuts and a couple corn dogs. Because <laughs> this is what all truckers eat every time we stop at the truck stop. Uh, I like the chocolate milk and powdered donuts. <laughs> so you're, you're coming up there, whatever, you put it up there on the, the counter and, you know, they start, everything scanned. They're scanning everything. They would always keep up like a 89 cent can of something just on the counter. And as they're scanning, they just grab that scanner and put it right back where it was and get all your stuff. <laughs> and so you're never going to notice 89 cents on your, you don't right. get your receipt and itemize your receipt for Down your convenience store. Cents. If someone happened to, they'd just go, oh, that's not yours? Okay, let me take that off. I'm sorry. We'll put that back. <laughs> see, you don't what, get see what you can get away with. Oh, so, so at a convenience store, how many people go through there a day that you put 89 I, cents on? they got to have a few hundred transactions, don't they? I don't know. Let's just say, let's on the way, way, way low end of thing, a hundred. Mm-hmm. hundred times 0.89. That's 89 bucks a day. Yep. Seven days a week. Four weeks. That's 2,500 bucks a month. <laughs> Is it? 2,500 bucks a extra month. Which probably covers all of your theft loss. Oh, and every, I mean, so much stuff it covers. 80, just that little, he goes, yeah. He goes, that was just standard procedures. That's what we did all day long. Huh. All day long. See, this is interesting because there are a handful of truck stops that are run by said ethnicity around the country that offers super cheap fuel. And I am a magnet for cheap fuel. And so now <laughs> let's keep my eye open. Now I'm not I'm not saying every, you know, a certain group ethnic group does that. That's something that anyone who actually is probably smart, like <laughs> shysty smart, shysty smart <laughs> would do that. They just they just happen to probably be smart, you know, and they're they're getting a little bit of the, let's just call it the stupid tax. Huh? Yeah. The stupid tax. Yeah. <laughs> anyone that's stupid enough to get scammed oh, deserves to be charged eighty nine extra cents. Little tricky one, yeah. And see the wheels turning in Holton's brain, oh, how he can get himself in a He's situation already, to do that. No, no, you're seeing it the wrong way. Because <laughs> out of the three of us, I know I'm in the stupid tax side <laughs> where I'm just realizing now how many hundreds of thousands of dollars I've thrown away <laughs> over the on years. 89 cents charges. <laughs> it's like, oh no. That's <laughs> no. pretty clever though. So if we have any listeners that are a convenience store operator and you're you might got consider. a kid, got a kid in college or something. Pay some tuition there. Uh, uh, Coming to you, a little tip from Steady at the Wheel. (laughs) Look at the receipt. (laughs) Though I will say sometimes not looking at your receipt can make you money. Uh, I went to the Wagner washout. Yeah. And typically when I use that washout, I'm mostly asleep as I go through that whole process. Because you can sleep in your truck while they clean the trailer and do whatever they got to do. You have to be a little bit awake to stumble to the counter and settle up. So, of course, I just handed them my card and moved along with my life. A couple weeks later, somehow they got the phone number of Bill, my dad, (laughs) who then passed that to me. And rather than, it was a bit of a spendy wash, $130. But they only charged me (laughs) $1.30. And somebody caught it in the audit later oh, yeah. on. No, later on, they're like, holy, you only charged them $1.30 for that wash? <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't look at my receipt. So so, I don't know. so what happened then? How did it end? I, I settled up with them did for you? a little discount. It's yeah. where you go. You go there all the time. Oh, yeah. So no, I, I'm not <clears throat> looking to make too much off of them. But, you know, <laughs> we, we squared up and they gave me a little 10% off for my trouble of or their trouble, however that works. Here's the thing. You probably get 10% off every time if you just ask for it. 
So what that 136? You got, yeah. you got like a 10% discount or something that for coming in here all the time? Well, no, oh, you, yeah, you no just problem. go with, you know, I'm willing to pay your 130, but it would really help me if that would be more like 120. <laughs> <laughs> Holden, you got just such a smooth, kind of a yeah. humble. Yeah. When you say that, you know, you said it a couple times and yeah. just the way you say that, it's so humble. It comes yeah. off your tongue real nice. Yeah. You'll feel good helping me. Yeah. Just help out. And it really helped me, you know? Like you've. I almost feel like you practice it because it's smooth. It's really convincing and smooth. I'd, I'd probably do about anything for you if you drop yeah. that on me. Yeah, let, you know, let yeah. me do 30% if that helped you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I need some help. Just looking for some help out here, guys. Just a oh. lonely ride driver out here on the road. Yep. $10 at a time. Adds up. Well, so Holton, how old are you? I'm 33 now. How old are you, Jackson? 37. Okay, so you guys Oof. just missed each other in high school. Yeah. It was just a far enough gap that we never, it was just too far of a gap. It was never like, hey, I'm going to go hang out with Holton. You know, it was more like, can you babysit Holton? I'm going to leave Holton with you while I go, you know, because I worked for Bill on the farm. And so when I was, you know, 16, Holton would have been 11, 12 range, which isn't quite old enough to be like, Full on, like, all right, he's a co-worker. It was more of like a, oh, oh, okay, hey, buddy, be careful out there today, okay? Kind of a thing. And one, in fact, I'm going to kick this right off. like that 18-year-old senior, he was old enough. Or is it kind of like, it's? I can't tell people really that I'm hanging out with an eighth grader. <laughs> it's like too embarrassing. Too embarrassing. I'm hanging out with an eighth grader. See, but I left my last summer. I didn't work at Bill's. So the, the year that I probably, probably would have worked a lot together was the year I was gone. So I think we missed our our little thing there. Missed the window. But this was great. Bill wanted to, Bill wanted to get Holton kind of warmed up, trained up in the ways because all that I did for Bill 90% of the time was irrigate, flood irrigate, flood irrigate. You're just moving dams. You're, you're going from field to field to field. And Bill wanted to start to put a little, a little lightweight on Holton's young shoulders to help, you know, begin to firm them up a little bit and broaden the shoulders out. And so there's a couple things that every young irrigator needs to, to function. And it's a, a, a motorbike and a shovel and you know, a boots. field, gotta have some you got to have boots yeah. and you got to have a field to irrigate. So the most inconsequential of all fields in the summer to irrigate is a pasture. Like grass is very forgiving. You forget to move the water for two, three days. It's like, eh. you're not going to flood it yeah, out where it kill dies. The grass, you know? If you leave a dry spot, as soon as you get water on it, it it'll right come back. back. Barley's, you know, alfalfa's in between. Barley's real finicky. You know, as soon as you make a dry spot, it starts turning colors. And, <laughs> yeah. And it's very obvious, but so Bill, Bill lines all this stuff up, gets Holton his first pair of rubber boots and, and he buys Holton a Trail 110 Honda. And this is a, a unique little Honda because it's a step-through style motorbike, meaning that there's no, you don't swing your leg up over it. You just kind of step through and then sit down on the seat. I, I would say it's like in between a scooter and a motorbike. Yeah, it was like this crossbreed Honda. And they're, they're very popular. Yeah. It was kind of Honda's great thing of the 80s. They made lots of them and real popular. Just a little three-speed, barely enough power to get you up the hill, but not enough power to be dangerous, or so we thought. And, and... <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. so, Bill goes, all right, Jack. He goes, and Bill always called me Jack. And he said, Jack, 
I got, I got Tony called Holton. I call him Tuna, but Bill called him Tony, Holt Tony. So he said, I got Tony lined up. He's going to irrigate out there on the Schlimgen pasture. Schlimgen, wasn't it, right? That's where your dad built his house? No, stop pasture. He goes, he's going to irrigate on the stop pasture and he's going to work that. He'll work that for you. So you don't got to worry about that. Perfect. He goes, he's going to, got his little Honda 110 and all good to go. He goes, I just kind of need you to make sure that he, you know, supposed to make that sets every three, four hours or whatever. Now, now when you're irrigating a pasture, you got to realize that there's livestock in the pasture. Yeah. So how do you access the field? You yeah. can either open and shut the gate every single time, which these are short sets. I yeah. 20 and minutes. And when you're that young, barbed wire fence, you know, the gates are kind of hard to get through. So this, the unique part of this pasture was that one of, it didn't have a fence along one side of it. The border of this pasture was just about a 10 foot wide cement canal. So the cows, like there's no way they're going to get across it. They didn't even try. And the canal was kind of, kind of raised up high. They had it built up and it, it was just a border. So the way that Bill had devised over the years for us to get into this pasture was a gang plank. And he just laid down a two by six. Was it two by six? Yeah. It had to be a two by well, six. Well, doubled up for strength. Yeah. So he, he lays this two by six across the, the deal. And to get into the pasture, you are to drive your dirt bike across 10 feet or 12 feet of two by six plank to get into the pasture. And that's how you'd enter. And then once you cross the plank. Is this a raw cut or a normal cut? Two by six. <laughs> right, so right. five and a half inches? Right. Five and a half inches. Because this I'm was from the lumber store. Two by 12. <laughs> no, I oh. promise. It, it was like. <laughs> no, it was. It's not much more than your tire. And you're always like, okay. Because yeah. even as. Over a, a 10 foot canal. Yeah. Over the. 10 foot wide 10 canal. Foot wide. It's not that deep. It's one of the feeders. How, yeah. It's probably it four, two, three feet deep. Yeah. It was enough that you could stand up in it, but it would kind of scoot mm. down a little bit. All right, guys. My. My BS meter is starting no. to raise a little bit. The, the no. Two by, we'll take you. How, how wide <laughs> no. is this? How okay. wide is this right here? We're going to lay down the two by six plank and you're both going to drive motorcycles over it. How wide is this right here? That's like a two by eight. Okay. Maybe it was a two by okay. eight. Sure. Two by eight. It was not a foot wide. There's no way it was a foot wide. Okay. Because every time my whole life I went over it, I was always like, oh. So it doubled up two by six. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what? 11 we can okay, say let's go, okay Karen, what a, let's just call it a two by four to make the story really good okay <laughs> one by <laughs> it's a one by one <laughs> it, it couldn't be any maybe 12 but even 12 that's as wide as this box probably right well like yeah going across 10 feet with the motorcycle over yeah i mean you even couldn't a two you, by 12 would you be you like couldn't, you couldn't walk across it without putting one foot in front of the other like this okay you let's call it a two by six you couldn't walk like that you had to kind of okay. So and anyway, then, of course, when it comes across that ditch into the field, it's a ramp. It's about a two foot drop down yeah. into the field, nice because the canal was built up high. Ugh. So I was kind of like, okay, this is good because it is one of those. It's kind of a pain and it's a weird thing to get in. And I didn't think much about the access because Bill kind of lined him out and they went out and dealt with it. And so we come in for lunch one day and we'd finished, you know, we'd been working hard all morning. Me and the other, I think it was my cousin Lee that was, you know, a couple high school yeah, boys and, so. and Holton went out. We knew that he had gone out to change his one set and he never came back after lunch. Not, and Bill was gone somewhere. 
It's like, maybe he went to the house. I don't know. We'll give it another hour. Lazy bugger probably taking a nap somewhere. <laughs> and it's funny because now you think about that, you immediately think like he, he's probably drowned somewhere or something. But back then it was like, yeah, we'll give him some time, you know, give him his freedom. No cell phones. No we, cell phones. We yeah, cell phones. just whatever. So finally, Lee and I are like, we better go up there. So we, we walk out the door and as we're getting on our bikes to head up, it was about a mile and a half from the shop. Yeah. We're getting getting on our bikes, mounting up, start up the bikes, and we look and we see this sad little figure walking, shuffling down the gravel road towards us. I think squelching <laughs> down the road. You know when you get water in rubber boots. Yeah. Here comes Holton just just head. I mean his head couldn't be hanging lower <laughs> down between his knees. <laughs> now the head hanging down, you gotta realize it's not from bodily injury. The reason why I had such strong emotion is just like anything, the most valuable thing in life is the piece of equipment that you're running, is what I had been taught. And and my Your horse, life, my equipment my over steed, life. Right? The steed that I was riding was still in that cement ditch. You dropped it off the plank. Did you even get onto the plank? Oh no. He got on it because when He's like, I'm a dad's going to kill me. <laughs> you, like, can't, you know, you're that age where you're kind of huffing, you're trying to get it out. You're like, I can't get it. <laughs> and it, you know, the more you talk, the more you huff and puff. And finally he gets across that my bike's in the canal. And we're like, oh. <laughs> so, so we all jump in the little pickup, the little Nissan pickup, and we drive up there. And we, we drive up to the dreaded gangplank. And is this still out there, by the way, the plank? Not anymore. It's not anymore. Well, okay. of course, like everything, there's now a pivot. And oh. the pivot doesn't get a gangplank. It, it gets, gets a, a real road. bridge. Okay. <laughs> so we pull up there on the Ditch Rider Road and we're looking and looking. And there's, it's kind of a sweeping corner. This field is just a slow, long corner. And you can't really see around the corner, right? So you just see so much at a time. And as we're coming, all I remember is like the canal was smooth water coming towards us and then you just would start to see this little rip these ripples and as we get further around the corner the ripples became more pronounced and then we finally get to the spot and all that's hanging out above the thing is a little bit of a shovel sticking out above the water <laughs> like a snorkel yeah and no sure that. enough the old trail 110 was completely submerged down below in the depths <laughs> And as a testament to Hondas, though, we dried it out and it ran Put a very long, in wonderful it, to go. Right Did you even tell your dad it happened? Uh, I, well, I'm sure he did find out because these guys were a little more amused than concerned. <laughs> right. A little less, let's save the child and a little more oh, like, Bill, you're never going to believe. So, so did you get onto the gangplank and fall off or did you even just totally miss the gangplank? No, I, I was on it, but you got to realize when you're coming up onto that gangplank you got that two because you made it successful jump. you made yeah. it into oh, the field I, I no had problem been working on that set all day long you know i'd mm -hmm. come across but it's just not a very good system in place. <laughs> because when you come out of the field you come up that that little two foot three foot thing so you, you gotta can't carry your momentum and you can't you see roll the, up. you can't mm -hmm. see the plank until you get up there and you're like ah! and you got to adjust for it last second and then once your front wheel gets on it as you know with motorbikes if you want to go straight you got to give them gas and they'll straighten out and go. So once it's all lined up, it's, it's do or die. So, and I don't know if this is me misremembering, but the way I'd always justified that in my head is trying to get up out of the field. You know, I had loaded my tires with mud 
So I was like, well, that's what happened. I, you know, I successfully made it on the plank, gave it the goose. And just, <laughs> oh, no. That was right. funny, right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah. At least those tires got clean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we had that bike cleaned up real nice. <laughs> there, yeah, we, there was like fish coming out of the exhaust pipe. And <laughs> did you guys pull it out at that moment? But you guys got it. Yeah, we drug it out and threw it in the back of the pickup. It took a little effort, I it remember. Did. Yeah, it was, it was soggy. A, yeah, it was soggy, and we didn't really have. A, and the, you know, the sides of the the canal are cement, and they're kind of hard to climb out of when you're wet. <laughs> Very but, hard when you're wet. <laughs> that was that was probably holding a nice first, you know, story of travail and trial and yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little little better at riding a bike now, <laughs> just barely though. Still nervous uh, around the water. Oh man. So let's see. So moving on from that, um, we both kind of kind of grow up get married, start having families. Not not really around each other. You know, no, no, we weren't around each other because we moved away from here. When I was 21, I think we moved over to where we're at now. And Holton, of course, is still here in the old home country. And I, I guess maybe sort of grew apart. And, I, and I'm not sure what kind of got us back together, got us chatting a little bit about trucking. It was all you. You're, Jackson has this bad habit of just... Everything he does, he's always looking around for kind of weird looking people like myself and like, <laughs> oh, I wonder what right. I can make out of this kid. <laughs> and Jackson pulled a hay train up to the home country and got some gigantic straw bales oh, that's right. off the farm. It's uh, when you're in they I- had I- six, Eileen. Six, Irene. Yeah, Eileen. Because she, she leaned D- to the right D- a little Dupree bit. always hates it when I mess up. I lean. But uh, I lean to the Jackson right. had come up to get a big load of straw. And of course, I helped him get his load put together. And he immediately is like, hey, ever been interested in having no life at all? <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> at this point, all Have you ever been fresh. kicked by a cow in the face? <laughs> Man, have I got the job for you. <laughs> Tuna bajon. Let's go. So I, I think I think what it was was I had noticed maybe as I was loading the straw to take back to the ranch that Pearson Farms had grown a lot and they had all these semis sitting around and they had an old cattle trailer there. And I was like, at the at that time, I was starting to build my lease fleet of cow trailers to to rent out to people and I needed good good hands you know I wanted good guys that were farm background ranch background type you know the genetics were there we knew, we knew the dad had done it the gen- genetics were there yep intelligence level was definitely there <laughs> <laughs> you got just the right amount of brain cells yep. see that's the thing with cow hauling you have to have just enough brain cells to do it but too many brain cells, no way you're going to do it. Yeah. It's just this just weird this little zone. band in the IQ zone. Yeah. It's like this little average area. Where, and that's where you try to find. And then within that area, you'd have to try to find the best of that little thin band of IQ. <laughs> so, so that's where Holton kind of comes in. I think I started saying, hey, you know, you ought you to think about this. You know, your dad did it. It's kind of how he grew the farm. You know, these family farm deals. When you're the low man, it's kind of hard to carve your way in from the outside without some kind of supplemental program, mm-hmm. job, you know, side gig. You got to bring something more to the table than just the oldest son status. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> well, you know, I hear this generational wealth thing, and I, I don't know where that myth came from. Because, I mean, I can clean a lot of uh, bin bottoms and whatnot, but I haven't seen the big paychecks from it. <laughs> Father's always like, thanks for your hard work, son. How are you paying your bills? 
<laughs> no, dad, dad's treated me very good, but he's always encouraged me to keep on working because that's how he made it work. He worked hard. Time for you to go work hard. And Holton suffers, unfortunately, from the same situation that brother Weston suffers from being the youngest. Holton's the oldest child. You know, it was just him and his sister, but he's the oldest child, but he's now part of the farm and he's the youngest of the the farming five or whatever you want to call it. Four. Farming four, farming is that what four. you call it? Yeah. So he's, it's his uncles and then him. So when it comes to like, you know, when Weston comes home to visit, even though he's a grown man and a lawyer and all that stuff, dad will still be like, Weston, Weston, come, <laughs> come tie my boot for me here. Come, come, could you pull my pants over my boots? And Weston's looking all around at all the grandkids and everyone. And he's like, Rooster, what? <laughs> I am a grown man. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and it's just habit for old Rooster. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. Army, Freddy, or somebody come do it. Holton still kind of has that same, you know. I get the best of both worlds. <laughs> I'm the oldest son. So, you know, the lot of responsibility. I mean, you know what being the oldest son's like. Who's going to do that job? It's the oldest son. But then also the youngest son where it's like, well, you're also the last one here. <laughs> you're still going to do that job. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think the first I think the first little foray we had was I had a guy call me and he said, "Hey, I've got and this is when I was hungry and wouldn't say no to I mean, I would I would say no to nothing." This guy calls and goes, "Hey, we got these loads up in Browning." And they are going to Chicago. And I was like, whoa, that is, that's some miles, especially for a young, you know, haven't really been out past 14 plus. Yeah. So I want to just stop for a second. Anyone who's listened to past episodes of this, how many stories that have ended in some sort of debacle started with there was a load of up and browning <laughs> weston has his stories i had a load up and browning that's true dad and uh dad and billy jack rooster and billy that's jack true. how many stories like yeah we we're going up to up to browning <laughs> exactly so everyone right now this is as they you learned an english class in high school <laughs> this is called foreshadowing yes. <laughs> when you say there's a load and browning you know something's coming in fact we should start using that as a term just like our code term for like have i got a story for you <laughs> like ah, i had a load and browning well what happened <laughs> so and true to form that actual we did have a thing they they booked two trucks and only had enough cattle for one truck let me interject again sorry <laughs> why is browning so tough well it's first of all it's up there on the eastern front of the rockies and I mean, if you got a 60 mile per hour wind, it's just the most calm day yeah. in the world. The 60 the miles day. per hour is like a beautiful day. That is no joke. <laughs> I mean, just the storms and the wind up there, brutal. And then it's just really rough country. You yeah. know, you got these remote ranches that are just horrible roads to get in there. Because it's so rocky. There's like no topsoil. It's just like stone and rock. And so it's just, it's really, and then, you know, when storms come through, it's just horrid roads. I mean, brutal. So when you do find some topsoil. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> I mean, there's no in between. It's either these, well, cut, cut you, your tires. You sent me up there for loads. And you've cut tires. At, well, back to back. Two years in a row, I went to the same place around the same time of year. The first year, it was wet, cold, kind of a blizzard setting in, but not frozen, where we had to get a four-wheel drive tractor to drag the trucks to the chute. It, it was horrible. <laughs> the next year, same place, same time, dry roads. I was like, oh, this is going to be so much better. I ended up just destroying one of my tires like on the rough I mean, rocks. Like, 
Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wow. Just trying to get in there. I'm like, maybe the mud was better. <laughs> <laughs> and where did the mud go anyway? Yeah. Now it's all rock this yeah. year. Yeah. No, Very strange, strange, strange so, country. So yeah. It, if you know a story starts, oh, we're getting a load of brownie. Yeah. Oh, we got a load of brownie. You're in for some trouble. Yep. All right. And at the time, I had just upgraded to my last 379 Pete, which was this beautiful black. We called it Black Jack. Just well, pressed out beauty. Came from Vegas. We came from Vegas. It was way, I mean, way out of my class. And I only had it for a year. And it happened to be this time that I took Holton with me to go on this giant run. And so he hopped in and we team trucked it out to, I think it was Pecatonica, not quite Chicago, but west of Rockford there to Pecatonica, Illinois. And Holton, I knew if we get him in the peat, you had two loads, you did two back to back. Well, we had, we had two loads, but they, some of the cattle were missing and the ones that came in were only about half the size they were supposed to be. So we had, (laughs) so I ended up having to send one of my truckers down to, to the stockyards to get a load to go to Nebraska on a different deal. But I had young tuna and I wanted to make sure that we planted the seeds. Because here's the thing. You take any 22, 21, 22-year-old guy, farm kid, ranch, you put him in a 379 Peterbilt, let him behind the wheel looking out over that hood on the open I-90 and just say, don't bang on my door till you're falling asleep. And they get out and it's just them up there. Like, there is nothing like it. I mean, it doesn't matter what truck you're in. It's just this strange freedom. And I knew if I could just plant that in Holton, this little monster seed would emerge like the young barley sprout of the Fairfield bench. And he would turn into this mad cow holler. And you got home from Did that. It work? You got home from that and you called Bill and said he's been bit. He's been bit. He's been bit, <laughs> he's Billy. He's been bit, Billy. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, and that was yeah. all we did that year. I think that was it. No, I, I didn't have it. It was just a one and done. Anything, yeah. And so, anyways, time progresses. The next year, Holton goes, Hey, I, we got this, we got this Peterbilt on the farm. I think my uncle, because Spence had it at the time, I think, so I think my uncle worked me a deal on it. I can fix it up. And I had a trailer just with his name on it waiting for him. And he he would bit. And so, of course, the rest now is history. He hasn't missed a fall. I, I don't know how many years we've been, eight, seven, eight years now we've been running yeah. together. Yeah, I'd have to look at it, but yeah, right it's in there. Been, yeah. It's been getting close to the 10 mark, I think. <laughs> and we've been... We've been rolling, trying to trying to be generation, you know, a little 2.0 action. <laughs> so I'm trying to think where, because this is probably, you're probably a multiple podcast guest. Where, where are we at on our time frame here? Yeah, we've got about 10, 15 minutes Okay, left. Okay, so I want to get into this. There's this one story. We'll skip. We're going to skip. I'm not going to tell you guys Holton's favorite game to play with me while we're on the road. <laughs> we'll save that one for next time he's in. But in our 10, 15 minutes, we have. I gotta, I gotta talk about uh, Holton. Did prevent? He was. Here's the thing about Holton. You can. He is the guy that can. He can do anything. You can call him after two weeks on the road, and you can say, Holton, I know you just unloaded for the seventh time in a row in Nebraska, but it's gonna get slow in a couple weeks, and the loads are gonna vanish. But if you can be in Great Falls tomorrow night you could load one more. And every, every, he's never not. Every single time, Holton's like, yeah, I got a steak in my belly. I just had some steak. I'm good to go. Let's go. I'll be there tomorrow night. Uh, send me the numbers for the load when you got them. And especially back in those days. His- yeah, I was, I was hoping the response is, 
I can do it, but it would really help me if it was two, <laughs> two days later. <laughs> I can do it, but it would really help me. Never, he's never pulled he's that never one pulled that one. No. He might now. No, he might not. <laughs> It would really help if I could load the next morning. <laughs> oh man! Yep. So, so Holton has just been—he's just—he's just a meat grinder. Like you just—you can just put more in and just just turn in hamburger. Well, I, I always like to say that I'm—I'm I'm never not hungry. You know, if you put something in front of me to eat, I'm gonna eat that. Well, it's and, like, oh, and sure, especially, give me let's go. The, feed me. <laughs> feed me. Is that all you got? Dude, dude I see you, you you ever watch like when you watch the NFL and there's a running back who thinks he should be given the ball more and he gets a big run, he stands up and he starts and does that. Yes. Like, yes. like yes. feed yes. me, yes. give me a yeah. <laughs> see holding on loading and FaceTiming you. And just, <laughs> ah, give me some more. Feed yes. me. Yep. And that's, and, that's, and that's been his mentality because if you remember the whole the whole reason Holton's done all this is to bring in this massive extra amount of income to launch the farm platform forward, you know, every year. And so he has this and it's all the other, the other truckers that are more full-time cattle haulers always get a little at first. It always takes them a week or two to settle with Holton because... We've been grinding out there, just hammering these loads, just face on the asphalt, you know, road rash on our nose since like Labor Day. And Holton usually can't come in till about October 5th-ish, yeah, you know, first week of October. October is what I shoot for. And so we're like, we've been running yearlings and just like, uh, and then the fall begins. We've already been going hard and here comes Holton like, just just like has this, this, the, this new, the newbie energy. Yeah, this happy noise playing in the background always wherever he comes into a room and you're just like, oh, stop. You guys ready to drive all night? We're like, no, no, no. Driving all night for a month. Stop, stop. And so anyway, this is just to give you and never down, never, never blue. Holton is, you've always been super positive. So, but Holton did have this one, there was kind of this, these gray years, couple years where he wasn't quite sure where the, the loyalties may be or just kind of sure how things are supposed to work schedule wise, meaning from October 5th until December 24th, you don't schedule anything other than Thanksgiving day. Other than that, you just don't plan anything in your life. Like that's just it. Cause that's how it is. That's just the nature of the fall run. You get a call tomorrow. We're gone. And Holden calls me when you're real kind of sheepish and acting just a little off, a little odd. And he's like, Jack, I just have this one little hang up. This is just this one little schedule thing is all this year. And I'm like, yeah, what's up? Wow. We're going on a cruise. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Like in January, right? Like a new year's cruise. <laughs> well, no, see my dad's taking us. Billy Jack's taking us. And he, uh, he's hemming and hawing. And it ends. It was in right in the middle of, it was right in the middle of it. Some, it somewhere right. I can't remember the dates. Beginning of sma- November. It could have been more in the thick of like the, this is 10 days that I cannot have a, any flub. I have to have every man here accounted for and hammering for these 10 days. And it just happened to line up, mm, just smack on that spot on the calendar. <laughs> and so he's like, but don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. I've, I've thought this through. I've got a guy. I've got a guy that's going to jump in my truck and he's just going to drive it for him. I'm just going to pay him. So he just scheduled my stuff like normal. He knows the deal. It's all fine. And, and I said, well, who, who we got? And he goes, well, it's actually, it's our, our cousin, Brian, who's, you know, a cousin. So 
great guy. I was like, oh, and he is. He's he's yeah. one of those guys, jack of all trades, knows hard, everything. Hard, hard work yeah. machine, man. Like, and still to this day. But he has a he has a tree cutting business mm-hmm. in odd when during COVID, when my dental office got shut down, I was kind of like not sure what I was gonna do. So I just went and got hired oh, on his right. I went, oh, got hired on his crew. Oh, cool. I was like, I'm gonna do something. So I got I went from Whatever I get paid per hour as a dentist to yeah. like oh, don't eat. eat. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, he <laughs> but, used to build roads, belly dumping. But, oh, I tell you what, he I had, mean, you know, he has all his young, young guy crew and he's just out there just hammering all of us. And oh, he's he, like, he'll whoop up. Oh, on, I mean, and we're talking mid fifties, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Age wise. Falling out of stuff, busted his back, you know, yeah, been yeah. traction. You know, he I was mean, paralyzed. Yeah, the he doctor's was, like, he was you will never walk again, Brian. <laughs> About six months so, later, he's cutting trees. So, I can imagine when Holton says, oh, Brian's going to do it. He's like, okay, good to go. <laughs> and, and, and and I know him. I'm like, I know Brian well. We grew up with him. You know, like he's he's actually related. So I'm like, oh yeah, perfect. Actually, you, this should be just fine. I'm not, I'm not too worried sure about it. sure sounded great. I mean, what, what's not to like? It's like we're foreshadowing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sounded great. Anyways, we got the loaded first, out of brownie. The first one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Set Brian up to brownie. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm not worried because all these loads, they're all two and three trucks at a time. It's never like you're going to be by yourself trucking somewhere. It's all, you're traveling in herds together. And so I'm like, this is perfect. Brian can just follow the guys. Everything, everything will be well. The only potential hitch to this whole plan is that I didn't know this, but when Holton steps foot on that airplane to go on the cruise, cell service is gone and it doesn't return for 10 days. So for 10 days. I, I'm gone. I didn't know you can't call people on a cruise. Just gone. No. Like, huh? And so huh. he, he kind of, I don't even think we went over this. We didn't like go over what Emergency should I do if, contact sort like, of situation. What, what do I do if bad things happen to your truck while you're gone? Like, <laughs> what do we do about it? We just didn't cover that. No. Because that wasn't part of the thought process. That's yeah, not going to happen. Right. Truck's going to run great. So Holton heads out. He heads out on his cruise. Everything's good. Weather's good. Looking good. Brian gets in the truck. He heads out. First load. And Brian called me. The first contact I had with Brian was they loaded clear northwest of Missoula. Way out there. I don't hear anything clear till he gets to billing. So I'm like, this is good. It's been a good day. He's rolling with my crew. But he calls and he goes, Hey, I've noticed in this truck, when I've been crossing the last few bridges for the last while, sometimes it shuts off. And then <laughs> and then it'll either start back up or I'll turn it back on and it'll start. But it always starts again. And I'm like, oh. And like the number one thing in cow hauling is that problems in your truck never go away. They just no. get worse and worse. So if you have no. something and you're in a territory of Safety, like Billings, is a great place. There's mechanics, there's stockyards, other trucks, other trucks around. We don't go past. And so I think he'd actually was like, "I well, we just left Billings," and I'm like, "Well, we'll stop, stop. Let's. I haven't had good luck with these kind of things pushing it. Let's, you know, turn around the next exit and bring her back." I've, I, I agree. When when my vehicle stops. Turn off across bridges. It never goes. If it turns off just on the normal road, usually you're good to go. But you're right. When you've had those experiences of when your truck turns off on bridges, you're right. It does. I love this because from a trucker standpoint, oh, running old trucks, like this is stuff you deal with, right? You're like, yeah, my truck shut off today. 
And then from the outside where you're listening in, you're like, what? Your truck shot? Yeah, you definitely across, don't. Across bridges. <laughs> it's only well, when you, you know, a good a bump or something, you know, it shuts it off. <laughs> oh, If you're just on the open road and it shuts off, I could keep going. But if it does it when you're crossing bridges, we got to stop. <laughs> stop. So, so you got him turned around. You sent him back to Billings. Yeah, get him turned around. Yeah. And... He's like, well, what should we do? I said, just get back to the truck stop. I'm going to make some phone calls, see what I can do. Well, I have this old veteran trucker who was on, he was on the outswing and uh, pretty good, but he, I'd been pushing him pretty hard. He was pretty tired. So I call up Kelly and I was like, Kelly, I need you to grab this load and head to Norfolk. And he's like old enough that he's like, what? No. <laughs> it would, what's the phrase again? It was like, <laughs> It would help me if I could not do this. <laughs> hey, Kelly, you're, Kelly you're, you're, you're done. I don't need you for another week. Go get some rest. But it would really help me. <laughs> you could load in 15 minutes. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> so Kelly goes, man, I, I'm going to be honest. I can't do that. And this is because Holton never, uh-uh, he would always, I'll make it happen. Kelly goes, I, I can't do that. But here's what I can do for you. This guy that's driving, Holton's driver, is he good? She's like, yeah, it's Brian. He's, he's been driving trucks forever. Okay. I will let him drive my truck. I'll just stay. I'll go get a hotel, put him in my truck, and send him in my just truck. switch the trucks up. And he's got the most pimped out. We're talking like, I mean, so pressed. Peterbilt, long nose, 379. Blue lights. Like, it looks like a blue alien spaceship coming down the highway inside and outside. Lots of horsepower. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like 700 horse. Just This thing's so like three, popping 300, 300 inch yeah. wheelbase. Just yeah. like, whoa. Something where you're like, no, I don't, I don't actually <laughs> want to look at it. I don't want to touch it. He's like, great. Of course, Brian's like, heck yeah. I'm getting out of Holton's old Laverne into this blue spaceship. So... I make the call. I say, okay, let's, let's do it. So, so cr- the, crisis averted. Averted. No Took problem. Care of it. So I tell Brian to drop Holton's truck off at a mechanics of mine that at the time I was using down there. Kind of actually one of Rooster and Billy Jack's old mechanics. Mm-hmm. And I hey, look into this truck. We need it running ASAP. Just, you know. And I know Holton's financially pretty stable at the time. You've been doing it a year or two now. So we're, you know, getting a little cash saved up. So just... It has to be fixed, obviously, so fix the truck. Mean, meanwhile, we send Brian across. Send Brian across. Six hours later, get a phone call from Brian <laughs> as he's rolling into Belfouche. Hey, this truck is making some horrible... Do you remember this part of the story? <laughs> this truck is making some horrible noises out of the rear end. And I'm like... <laughs> he's like, I didn't... I'm just, I mean, I've just driven it across, and it wasn't like a big load... So I call Kelly and I'm like, hey man, sounds like your truck's ground. He's like, oh yeah, my rear ends have been, you know, I forgot oh. to tell you, my rear ends have been being a little squippy. <laughs> so, okay, well, they're they're out in Belfouche. So now for the second time, Brian is stuck. <laughs> so about this time, I've unloaded myself down in, in Nebraska and I am now the rescue truck myself. So I'm like, Brian, just hang tight there in Belfouche. I'll be there in six hours. I will grab the load on my truck. I'll slam it home. So in the meantime, what do we do with with Brian and with Holton's truck? <laughs> so I get, Brian's like, well, what should I do here? And I was like, well, that truck's going to be in South Dakota for quite a while. So the, the spaceship, the spaceship, yeah. the blue spaceship, it's got to get rear end. So just 
get a hotel, I guess. So Brian gets a hotel for an indefinite space. So that's now where, where Brian's at. Okay. More like an apartment, you know, just checked in. <laughs> Holton's like on day three of the cruise at this point too, by the way. And it was a good cruise. <laughs> this is the, what I'm imagining. Do you remember the old TV show 24? Yes. <laughs> you described this story. Yes. It, have you ever seen 24 with Lakeifer Sutherland? I haven't. It's a good show. You might want to go start the first season and watch them all. They're very, very, very entertaining. I'll do it tonight. In fact, when they first came out, we would wait till they came out on DVD and binge them over the whole Christmas break. Stay up like 36 hours and And watch watch them straight because they're great. But there's these times... What the, the premise is, is there's a terrorist attack of some happening, and it's a, it happens all over 24 hours. So the and whole so, season of the show is just a 24-hour window. Each oh, episode is like each tw- an hour. One hour of time, real life. Cool. And, 20, and so, but there's so many different events happening, and is, is something's happening with something. Then that little screen, which is kind of goes to a small screen, and there's like four other ones, and it's, it's mm-hmm. making this kind of beeping sound. And as you're kind of seeing what everyone's doing, then it'll go back in full screen. Yeah. So, so I'm, totally envisioned, I'm, I'm totally envisioning right now <laughs> Jackson describing this like, we, okay, Holton on his cruise. We got the little screen of Holton and then it'll zoom back into Brian. Brian checked into the hotel and yes. his screen goes into all the other ones and now Jackson comes up. And he's, <laughs> so here comes my screen again. I get a phone call from the shop and they're like, hey, Here's the problem with Holton's truck. And it was all this electrical gremlins like, pretty sure this will fix it. It's going to be like $3,500. Well, I, I think they just decided new wiring harness. Yeah. There's so many gremlins. So Scrap it. They, new wiring they spent, harness. Yeah. So here I am going. Uh, uh, he wasn't sure what he was authorized. <laughs> what should I do? To do. It's $3,500. Bucks, I mean, that's not a small shake. So yeah. I'm, I, in the end, I pushed the green button. Beep. Get the truck fixed. So now Holton's truck is getting fixed. Meantime, six hours later, I roll into Belfouche. Brian comes back down and he's going to help me. And the way that we unload the, the cattle is we just back the two trailers butt to butt, gate to gate. One guy is in there and you shuffle all the cattle through, right? And you just load the next truck. No big deal. It actually turned, it works really well. We get to the last bunch of cattle that we're unloading in there and... I think everything's out. Everything's out of the belly of this trailer. And I'm like, okay, good. And I, you always peek into the compartment one time to make sure. And here comes one calf clawing its way just on its front legs. Like a zombie coming out of the earth. And its whole back end is just like, it's just not working. And I'm like, what? Brian, did you just ring any bells? He's like, I have no idea. There was, I haven't had any issues with anything. So... Uh, this calf is doing the army crawl to the gate. And as it crawls close, I see, and I've never seen such a gruesome injury. It was awful. Somehow, and this happens sometimes with cattle, they'll jump on each other, this or that. And somehow this calf got its leg jumped on up way up high on its back leg and busted real bad, broke the skin. I mean, it was just like, oh, 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 we're not. Bone it's not, showing? Yeah, not yeah. this poor thing. We got to get this thing. <clears throat> it, it's it's got to be laid down. I mean, all done. So we get my cattle on, pull my truck up, and this calf. Here we are now, immobile truck in Belfouche in the truck stop parking lot, and Holden's load, Holden's still on the cruise, and and I'm this calf's here, and you can just you can tell it's like it's it's in pain. This isn't right. So what are we gonna do? I'm like Brian's like we need to put this thing down, and I'm like yeah you're right. I'm like oh, I carry a pistol with me, so I'm like I've got this pistol. And it's 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 just a little pocket carry 380. It's very small, but packs, I mean, enough punch that 
I mean, you can put you can put you can put your cattle with a twenty two if you do it right, right? <laughs> so I'm like Brian. I'll be honest. I haven't slept in like three days. I feel like really awful that this animal's suffering, and I don't know that I quite have the mental and stuff to, to crawl in here and do this myself. I was like, "Can you go in there? You know, can you go shoot it?" He's like, "Oh yeah, no problem. It's my duty, and all. You know, I'm like, this is Brian. He's great, ex-military, right? So Brian goes in, and then I kind of in this moment I realize we're in the truck stop parking lot. We're in a parking lot of a truck stop, a very public, very public, menu. active truck stop, and. Boom! And I'm like, you know, it was enough that people at the fuel pumps are looking around and I was just, you know, I'm playing it off. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's too bad. And I don't want to watch. I don't even look. Boom! <laughs> Boom! And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> ah! It's one of those moments where you don't even know what to do. You're just like, ah. Boom! Boom! And I'm like, Brian, what is going on? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Somehow this calf's skull is tougher than its femur, apparently. And people are looking. I'm like, it's fine. It's just, he's just, he's just shooting. He's just putting a cow down. <laughs> he's just he's shooting. He's got a gun in there shooting around. <laughs> people are. So finally, Brian goes out. He's like, it's it's done. And I'm like, oh, my. Oh. <laughs> so he's like handing me the gun. We got this gun out in the parking lot, you know. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> here <you> go. <laughs> so flee, flee the scene. Flee the scene. So I get out of there. And I've got a, you know, I've got a 10-hour drive ahead of me into the night. And I go on my way. So here's the problem, though. I'm the head of the crew. Now I've got a dead calf from this guy. And this is a time the market was, it was way... Primo. So I got to call the guy and let him know like, Hey, we had a calf that broke a leg. We had to put it down in transit. Of course it's in our truck. It happened when it happens in the truck. It's on us. It's on us. Or should I say it's on cruise boy? <laughs> well, it was it's on, on cruise boy. a Holden trailer the, that Holden, Brian was Holden is accumulating an unbelievable <laughs> ticket. <laughs> He's got his $3,500. <laughs> no, no. Choir no, I'll, I'll take it from here. That's, that's the end here's, of the tape Here's for that's the end of my tape. Because Jackson got the load on. Yeah, that's most the end of, of the load here. on. Yeah. <laughs> All but one. He got most of that load on. He took it down, dropped it off, end of the tape. The load is finished. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you pan out on that 24 and back into me... <laughs> I've got some sunburn, but other than that, the buffet's been fantastic. You know, time with the fan. I think it was a Disney cruise, you know, talking to the turtle on the wall, interactive, and just a great time. And when I finally make it back to the great United States of America, turn my phone on. And Jackson, 10, 10 days of horror. Jackson, he actually didn't leave the breadcrumbs. It wasn't like panicked messages every other hour. It's getting worse. <laughs> So he he didn't do that to me. Just one text message saying things didn't go great. Call me when you get a second. <laughs> but and is there and, any worse message than that when you don't know? What's but no, no, no. You got to realize though that Jackson and I are of the type that we we really enjoy pulling the leg. You know, kind of playing oh. things up. Yeah, like we're always so, teasing. So I'm like, okay, call Jackson. Then he's all somber. He's like, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> but Brian's in a hotel. Your truck is in Billings. Broke down pretty bad. Your trailer is in Belfouche. 
Trailer's fine, but you got a dead calf in it. So your driver's stuck in a hotel. Your truck is in Billings. Your trailer's in Belfouche, and you got a dead calf. And I think that about wraps it up for you there, Tuna. And of course, I'm just like, wow, that's a good one, Jack. Oh, like, how'd you, you know, come up that, with that? That that is so random. That that would be about the worst case scenario. And he's like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what and happened. It's true. It's happening now. Yeah. So uh, I would say that that was probably the most expensive vacation I had ever been on. <laughs> By the time you buy plane tickets for your whole family, you pay for some cruising, you pay for a dead calf, you pay to fix your truck, pay for some hotels and a wage because it's not like you're going to short your driver's paycheck. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not even going to do the math right now because I'm not sure I did the math back then I forget I was just like pay it nope we gotta move along you can either keep moving or you can die and I've been taught that you never give up you just keep eating whatever comes down the pipe if it's good you're gonna enjoy eating it if it's bad eat it anyways the final final was that finally they got the they got the I don't even remember how Brian got home or what I don't know so I think his son this actually come get him. drove all the way down there and yeah. picked him up and drove him home. <laughs> so in the end, Kelly goes, gets his truck, gets his, gets, so the trailer gets back to Billings. Thank about you, the Kelly, same for bringing my trailer back. Your truck gets going. Holton gets down to Billings, gets his truck hooked up, and I've got him another load. So it's time to recoup. Like, let's go recoup some loss, right? And I'm like, all right, head to such and such. And <laughs> Holton calls me back. He's like, what should I do with this dead calf in my trailer? <laughs> Still there. <laughs> Still there. And we won't say where it ended up. We'll just say that the calf did make it out of the trailer, but nobody knows yeah. where, it, where, where it was laid to rest. We've got some good friends in Billings. <laughs> but that's trucking. That, that's trucking, man. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to be tough to do the job and you got to be mentally tough to deal with some of the, the minor inconveniences that may come down and upon that, a guy. That, that was the day we learned that drivers, hmm, and not that this was anything to do with Brian. It's just, he, he, did, he was a victim of terrible circumstances. <laughs> but it was just like, it's just best to be there yourself to have to face the fires on your own. Like, just do it. Just face it yourself. Yep. Yep. Well, oh man, there we have a lot. We have that wasn't even scratching the surface of actually some of the more modern things that we've gone through. That that, that but, was one of the old ones. It's surprising I even kept doing the dang job after that. But you're a bit, man. No, I gotta keep on trucking. Yeah, yeah, money season. If, if Billy Jack can spend an entire night on an icy hill trying to hold his brake down <laughs> <laughs> on the way to Browning, <laughs> hopefully I can survive a cruise. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh man! Goodness. Well, Holton, thanks for sitting in with us. We're gonna have to uh, probably do a few more episodes with you. Yeah, good times. Yeah, we can. It was do a that. good time, man. Yeah, so, for sure. Well, guys, hopefully we're we're getting back in the saddle with more regular releases. Yep. And until then, man. See everyone later. <laughs>